this is another episode with me, Oashi, and this is the Cafe Post. I'm sitting here in Krakow with Leonie. Hi, Leonie. Hi, Osi. How are you? I'm fine, and you? How are you doing? Good, thank you. Yeah. So, I will handle this microphone over to Leonie to introduce herself a bit. Okay. Thank you. So, my name is Leonie. I am 48 years old. And I'm originally from South Africa. I was born in Johannesburg, grew up there, studied. Um, I studied nursing and psychiatric nursing. Um, and then I decided to see the world. So I ended up in Israel, then in England, where I met my husband, who's German. Then we were in Germany, and finally we're now in Krakow. We have four children who are aged 10 to 16, and I will tell you a little bit about one of them later. And I have spent some time working uh, for the international school that our children attend here in Krakow for two years. But recently I realized that I really wanted to pursue this dream I've had of coaching. So I'm currently completing my um, accreditation course to be a coach. Fortunately, with this whole corona situation, I've been able to do it online, which has been really helpful. And um, I'm slowly building up a media presence, writing some blog posts about my thoughts so that people get to know me a little, so they're not buying into an unknown quantity. How and when you have decided that your dream would be to be a coach? I think this is something that I've been um, hearing more about over the past, say, 10-15 years. I think before that, coaching really wasn't very much on someone's radar. There was counselling, um, but coaching is different to counselling because it's more focused on um, someone saying I'm stuck for some reason I'm stuck in a position and I need someone to walk alongside me until I get unstuck um, but it's not really about the coach having the answers it's much more about the coach knowing which questions to ask so that the person can get unstuck themselves um, I love asking questions. <laughs> I love thinking about what people have told me and thinking what is the question I could ask to get them to go a little deeper into what they've told me. I'm really fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by their stories. Um, and being older... I have had lots of different life experiences. Um, my life hasn't been smooth sailing and I've learnt a lot along the way that I think would be beneficial for other people. Because we were talking about that uh, going to therapy and going to a psychologist and going to a coach session is that these are like different things. And that uh, coaching is not really a thing yet here. It's very difficult to, to find sources, maybe. Uh, so how did you feel about when you were building up your media appearance in this coaching topic? How to approach people with this? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I think um, the thing that I can do is to tell people my story um, and to 
be as real as I can with my experiences. Um, I had a coach myself a few years ago, and it was one of the most um, interesting experiences because I was I went to her for a specific reason. I had. Um, a goal in mind but I just couldn't quite see the steps along the way um, and she was able to help me figure out what my steps were what was uniquely mine to do in that situation and I think as I'm building up my online presence I will be talking about what steps I took what are some of the things that I've learned along the way um, and when that resonates with someone, when they think, ah, oh, that's something I need to know, that's something I've wondered about, um, then that would be the person that would be a good fit for me to walk with them, to coach them. Was it the same way how you came to the topics of forgiveness and being enough? Is it like some kind of personal experience? Absolutely, absolutely. I think... Um, this whole idea of being enough is um, something that is a universal question. I think we really all want to know what, what do we need to do to know that we're enough. Um, and I think my personal journey has really um, just helped me to see some of just that we're even asking the wrong question. Um, we don't need to do anything to know that we are enough. Um, we are intrinsically enough. Um, but we don't always know that. And I think a lot of the messages we get from the media, from our peers, from our parents, from society in general, is that unless we're achieving great things, we are not enough. Also, the great things can be very, it's really depending on the person, but mm -hmm. what does it mean for you to achieve something? Absolutely. And why do you think that people are struggling with the whole idea of being enough? Why is it so difficult to come on a decision that, okay, I think I did my best in this situation, I'm enough, I, I don't have to think otherwise? Um. I think people struggle with this because um, of the way we measure ourselves. <clears throat> I think we measure ourselves externally. We look at what we see on Instagram, on Facebook, on um, whatever show we're watching on Netflix. Um, whatever media we're consuming and we are judging ourselves externally um, instead of just knowing internally that we are enough and I think there's such a huge emphasis on what we do um, and I mean people are achieving incredible things and they're not really satisfied. They're still wanting more. Um, and I've come to a place of just being so content with my very ordinary life um, because I believe that I am worthy of love. I'm worthy of acceptance. 
um, and I don't really need to achieve great things. I feel if I am living an authentic life, if I show people who I am with all my faults, um, and first, of course, I have to accept those faults myself, <laughs> um, then it's enough. And I think that's, it's very countercultural. Mm. It's not the message we're getting. Yeah, I think I just mentioned uh, that I'm uh, sort of always checking for new opportunities. Mm-hmm. And usually it takes me very bad if I'm getting a no, which is basically it's a quite natural thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can't always get yes. Yes, right? of course. But for me, it's always a personal tragedy. Like, oh my God, I'm not enough. Probably yes. my qualifications are not enough. Probably yes. my experience is not enough because I'm, I'm just not enough for this job. Or I'm not enough for this uh, school. Or I'm not enough for this. I'm not enough for this relationship neither. And and uh, I think it's very interesting how people let this concept to just crawl into every aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. So at one point we are not enough for the partner, and then yes. we are not enough for this job. We are not yes. enough for this next step. Mm-hmm. So what to to say to someone? For example, like me, mm-hmm. who's always fears that it's a personal tragedy, that it's, it's a no again. How yes. to shift the attention to the yes and not to the no? That is a really big <laughs> question. Wow. Um, I'm going to think about that in the back of my mind, but I would like to tell you about one of my daughters because... Um, I saw something in her when she was maybe four years old that really made me think about this. She's 15 now, so I think I've been thinking about this for the last 10 years. But um, I started noticing that her older sister was often standing in front of the mirror, like checking herself out, like admiring her hair, admiring her outfit. And it made me uncomfortable because um, I was taught that that was vanity and we shouldn't be checking ourselves out in the mirror. So anyway, a few weeks after I started noticing this behavior, her younger sister, as I say, she was three or four at the time, had a bath one day and then took off the towel after she came out of the bath, ran through the entire house completely naked and ended up in front of my bedroom mirror, which was huge. And she stood there staring at herself in the mirror, put her hands on her hips and just laughed with complete delight. And she was just completely, I don't even know the word to describe it because she was just in that moment entirely at peace with who she was and not just at peace she was delighted with who she was and it made me start thinking what if all children are like that and then gradually through life we lose that sense of wow i'm amazing my body is amazing there's nothing about me that i would change um And the more I started thinking about it, the more I started thinking, wow, she is actually pretty unique because a lot of children aren't even like that, not even at the age of four anymore. They're starting to say, oh, I wish I had red hair or I wish I didn't have red hair or whatever. Um, 
And I think what she had was something so special and it made me think about what if we all had that feeling of, I'm amazing. I'm not just okay, I'm absolutely amazing. Um, and it made me look at situations differently and maybe that's what I can tie in with what you asked. Like when we get these rejections, these no's, if we already know that we're okay, that that no isn't about our value as a person, it's a no because of whatever situation, um, we are still okay, we're enough. Maybe our qualification wasn't the right one for the job, but that doesn't take away from the qualification that we have. Maybe our um, appearance isn't exactly right for some purpose or other, but it's still good enough. <laughs> um, does that make sense? Yes, and just to, to reflect on your daughter and, and, and the standing in the middle, it's very interesting because once uh, I heard that I overheard a conversation where two teenagers were talking, not teenagers, like people who just finished high school, mm -hmm. and, uh, and one of the girls said that, oh, you know, it's just such a pity that we are spending the best time of our life, like when we are on the top of our physical appearance, with being so shamed and feeling that, oh, I'm not beautiful enough, because then when we're going to get a bit older and we are looking back to these photos, we will see that, well, actually, I, I wasn't that bad, I wasn't that ugly, it was, it was just a concept that I had in my head. And uh, maybe it's really just how we get these messages through, through our life, that uh, you always can be more beautiful, you always can be better, and more and more and more, and then I think it's quite draining for people, Yeah. because you're literally getting all the messages about that you are just not enough, it's just not, whatever is you are, or like whatever are you doing, that's just, I don't know what are you doing, but it's not enough. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Uh, I think it's very, it would be very important to to teach the kids that they are enough. Yes. Because I think if we have it when we are a child, mm -hmm. then probably we could like somehow keep it as a habit mm -hmm. that we are not comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah. And I think the comparison is also somehow connecting with this kind of being enough. Why am I not enough? Why I don't have this or that? Yes, I think the comparison is one of the most damaging things. Um, I um, was looking again as I was thinking about our um, chat today, I was looking again at um, a, a researcher called Brené Brown. He's a, um, a research a professor um, at a university in Austin, Texas, and um, she has so many interesting things to say about this concept of being enough, and she's discovered that there are actually um, two kinds of people. 
there are people who believe that they are worthy of love and affection, and then there are people who don't. And the people who believe that they are worthy of love and affection are no better. They're not from a different socioeconomic group. Um, they don't have better jobs. Some of them are in terrible situations. But they have this feeling inside them that they are worthy. And those people are not afraid to show the world their imperfections. They're not afraid to say, um, this is all of me. So they show up in situations and they're vulnerable. Um, but the key is they believe that they are worth the connections to other people. And so they pursue those connections. And when we feel ashamed about ourselves, we don't feel like we're worthy of those connections in some way. We're not worthy of a good job. We're not worthy of a good relationship. We're not worthy of the attention of our family or whatever. Um, then we shut down on ourselves and we allow that shame and that fear of someone discovering that we're not who we said we are. Um, we allow that to actually take away our um, connections, which is what we're wired for. We're wired to be connected to other people. Um, so her research is really interesting, really important, um, and it's really been key in my journey towards discovering this for myself. Okay, I think uh, let's go on a short break. And then we will come back with the topic of forgiveness. And in the break, I hope you will enjoy this little music. It's the Kurta again, so enjoy and we will be back.
that. The thing is that we are sitting in a cafe in Krakow and sometimes it gets a bit busy. No problem. But I hope you are still with us. We are still talking about being enough and uh, the, the power of forgiveness. Yes. So let's talk about forgiveness. That, I think that is a, it's a very chunky topic. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, it's a topic that can be covered in a week-long seminar because it's such it's such a big topic but it's so important to our lives and I think um, just connecting the power of forgiveness to this idea of being enough um, for a start I think sometimes we need to forgive ourselves and we need to um, forgive ourselves for not being perfect if that makes sense I mean, we don't need to be perfect, but sometimes we expect perfection of ourselves. Um, and I think my mantra in life right now is do the best you can, and when you know better, do better. <laughs> and I think that takes a lot of pressure off us because we can't be responsible for the things we didn't know. But also, we are unique, and we have things that push our buttons and we have situations that upset us um, and we can have compassion on ourselves um, and I think that's the, the for me the key element in being able to forgive ourselves and other people is really compassion um, so I think I don't want to talk about that a little bit more so um, I've discovered in my own life that when there has been a situation where someone has really hurt me, betrayed me, um, broken trust with me or whatever, um, I have not been able to forgive them until I found compassion for them. But compassion is very rarely the first step. And in fact, I don't think it should be the first step. I think the first step for us in um, moving towards forgiveness is first just looking at what has happened to us and sitting in the anger and the grief and the pain of it um, and really acknowledging that something has happened that has damaged us in some way whether it was financial or physical or emotional um, I think that first step of saying this is something that happened to me is really important and sometimes people want to skim over that and just say well you know you should just let it go well, I don't think you can let it go until you've acknowledged those things um, but I don't think you should sort of pitch a tent and stay there permanently. I think it's a phase that we have to move through. Yeah, I think uh, I can. Uh, I feel I can relate to this. Uh, I had uh, sometimes I get a bit stubborn. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I I might be not so proud of. But um, usually I wouldn't say that I'm if I'm angry to, at someone I'm not really holding it. Mm -hmm. But at one point I got very angry at one person and mm -hmm. I. I got so angry that I stopped to talk to this person for years mm -hmm. and like we were living in the same place, right? I saw the person, I just mm -hmm. decided that for me, that person, 
it's not existing. Mm -hmm. It's not there. That's it. And uh, and I was thinking a lot just about my relations and how my life is going. And uh, and I was thinking a lot about well, maybe I don't uh, like how long I want to sit in this pond that yes. I made <laughs> with the anger. Like it's very fun. Yes, I'm angry. It's cool. Uh -huh. But like how long? Because it already passed a couple of years. At this point, these things are not matter that much. Yeah. And uh, wouldn't be easier for me just to say that okay, let this go. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I decided to okay, maybe I'm I'm, I'm ready to to fancy a phone, if, you know. Uh -huh. Okay, let's let's do this. Uh -huh. And uh, I figured out that uh, I really needed that time yes. to think about the war situation, the war relation, like every aspect of mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. and to really find the place how to to cope with it. Yes. I think when I arrived to there, that okay, now I'm I'm ready to to talk with the person again. Mm -hmm. Let's not have this kind of fake forgiveness that, yeah, I'm going mm -hmm. to say that it's fine, but mm -hmm. actually it's not fine. Yes. So I, I was waited a bit. But mm -hmm. it was very interesting that uh, no one really told me that, you know, maybe it's time to mm -hmm. move on. Or mm -hmm. Maybe you're not really doing anything with this. Yes. I, I had to realize it by myself that I'm, I'm not really doing with this, actually. It's, yes. I really, I think when we are very angry with, at some situation, mm -hmm. maybe for the short term, makes us think that if I'm angry then the person I make that person suffer a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is probably it's not like this. But maybe I have this idea that maybe that's why it's so difficult for us to, to forgive because somehow we have this kind of idea that if I'm not forgiving this person, I have something to hold against him yes. or her that I'm mad at you and I have this joke in my hand. But it's actually not like not working like this. I I relate to what you say so much and I think it's I think sometimes anger is the only right response when we have been hurt in some way I feel like anger is part of the process and unless we have felt that and sat in it for a while it's really hard to move on in a genuine way um, but we're not making the other person suffer while we're angry with them. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, if it's possible for a next step um, to talk to that person, sometimes it's not possible and sometimes it's not advisable. You know, a child who's been abused by a family member, it might not ever be advisable for that child to confront the family member. Um, but in a situation where it's possible to be able to say, this is what you took from me. You took my trust or you took whatever. Um, and then the, the next step is to say, I don't actually think you can repay me. What you did was something that is beyond your means to repay. So from my side, I will forgive it. Um, because that's the only way I can be free from the situation. And I think that's one of the, the amazing things about forgiveness is we can forgive someone fully without them ever apologizing. Um, of course, it's lovely to have an apology, but I don't think it's essential for us to move on 
But it's very important to come to the stage of realizing that we're actually harming ourselves by not forgiving them. <laughs> it's, it's a very interesting like one side note, let's say, because the anger is also one sided. Just yes. because you are angry with someone doesn't mean the person notices it. Exactly. Also, forgiveness is a very one sided thing. Yes. You don't have to ask if I feel that I, I'm done with this and I want to close this, I'm mm -hmm. going to just think about it. Okay, I'm actually not mad at the person. Mm -hmm. You don't even. I think you don't even have to say it to the person. Exactly. But it it can be. It's very interesting how we can like lock up set up ourselves in a situation that is so one-sided. Yes. That this is the same also with being enough. Like, uh -huh. like it just happening. In one side. Exactly, exactly. Because, it's a very uh, internal process and we don't need someone else's approval. Yeah. We don't need someone else to remind us that we're enough. Of course it would be great if all the people around us would be saying to us frequently, by the way, even though you've had this rejection, you're enough. I mean, that would be amazing. But life isn't always like that. Um, and I think it's, it is a very internal thing to say that um, we don't need someone else to apologize before we forgive them. We don't need someone to affirm us before we know that we're enough. Yes, it's, uh, it's very interesting also to think about it that also with the being enough, topic usually no one or at least it, I think it's quite rare that someone telling you person to person that actually you are not enough <laughs> I don't I don't want you to be here because yeah. it's just not enough yeah and uh, and it's, it's very interesting to see how people are just all caught up in their own head mm -hmm. thinking about it that for example if you get a letter from someone that you didn't get a scholarship mm -hmm. it, it's not particularly against you no it's it not just, personal it just you didn't get it, that's it. Yes. It, maybe it just doesn't meant to be like that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you still have this idea that, oh, it was because I wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, also with the forgiveness, when you are very mad at someone, mm -hmm. and then you decide to, okay, I, I think I, I will be done with this. This whole conversation, just internal, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you decide that Maybe because sometimes the person doesn't even realize that maybe there was a border that I just caused. Yes, yes. I, I completely agree with that. And I think that's, you know, where I started by saying that I think the key component for me personally of forgiveness is compassion. Um, I think when we get to that point of looking at that other person and realizing they are on their own journey and we don't know all of their journey in the same way that they don't know all of ours and when we are sitting in judgment of them and thinking well they should have known better they should have known that they were crossing this boundary um, then we're only damaging ourselves but when we can look at them and say that thing that they did is terrible and I've needed to grieve it and I've needed to take time to feel sad or angry or whatever, but I'm ready to look at that person with compassion and say, I truly don't think that they did know what they did. And even if they did, 
I don't think they could have done better. So I'm gonna just wipe that slate clean. I'm going to cancel their debt towards me. I'm going to forgive them. Because that's what forgiveness is in effect. We're saying you owed me something, whether it's an apology or whatever, but we're gonna just say it's gone. Very interesting also because I think uh, it can be also like a problem between people mm -hmm. that when I forgive you mm -hmm. and I say, okay, whatever you did, I'm going to forget it. You are, you are not owning anything for me, but from mm -hmm. that moment I'm going to hold this Next <laughs> do you remember the first time when I, I forgave you? Yeah, do you remember? Because I certainly do remember. <laughs> and I think it's really interesting to think about the general forgiveness and the general apology. Yes, yes. So um, I think for me what a genuine apology looks like is when we are able to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and we're able to think what did this thing that I just did, um, what did it mean to that person? What messages did they get? What messages did they get about themselves? Did we just give them the message that they're not good enough, that they're defective in some way, that they are not going to measure up to our standard and so they're just not good enough in our lives? Um, you know, what messages did we give them? And I think that's a great place to start an apology to say, hey, I think when I said that thing or did that thing, you might have gotten these messages from me. Um, I'm really sorry. And if it's possible to have a real conversation with a person to say, is there anything else? Are there any other messages that you received from me in this interaction that you want to tell me about? And then to really listen and not to say, but, <laughs> well, I didn't mean it, so it doesn't count, you know. And then at the end of that to say, I am really sorry. I see what I did. I might not have meant to do it that way, but I see what I did. I see what it cost you. I don't want to be the person that causes you this kind of reaction. I will do my best to do better from now on. I think uh, this general apology, it's, very, it's a very common thing now because people are saying things online and then someone gets offended and oh, then they yeah. just say, yeah, I'm sorry what I said. <laughs> and uh, I think that's the most ungenuine thing ever to hear that, yeah, I see that you are kind of upset, so I mm -hmm. like, sorry. Mm -hmm. And uh, at least I also get very pissed if I have an argument with someone and the mm -hmm. person is really coming after me and, and really getting nasty mm -hmm. and then when I say that you want me an apology but like, mm -hmm. yeah okay like sorry but mm -hmm. no because I see that you don't understand what the situation is yes. you don't really understand that like of your being here like what aspect was the thing that crossed the border for me mm -hmm. I think lots of people doesn't know how to form a normal apology mm -hmm. because then they would need to think a bit yes. so inside that okay maybe I really gave this uh, idea away or maybe it was just a bad joke mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. I, I kind of understand that it wasn't really funny mm -hmm. but uh, it's very weird also to, to think but I think if, if someone already 
putting up with this and, and saying a genuine apology. Mm-hmm. That, okay, I understand that this part that I said mm-hmm. really upset you, so I'm sorry. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I won't do it again. But mm-hmm. the other person just keep pushing the button, I'm never going to forgive you. I'm never <laughs> going to forgive you. And, uh, and in this case, it also turns because if you get like a very unsincere apology, mm-hmm. you have this idea that like the person just covering his or her ears and like, yes. I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Yes. And then when a person is really putting themselves up there and say, okay, I'm sorry for this and that. And then the other person say, no, 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 I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Yes. And uh, then just holding this anger at that, oh, because you said this and that. Mm-hmm. So what can we do in such situation if, if someone gets in this place that it doesn't matter how sincere the apology is, the person just not going to listen. Mm-hmm. I think um, that's a really difficult situation. It's a really painful situation if you have apologized sincerely. And I've experienced this situation a lot. I make lots of mistakes. I say things that hurt the people around me. And I feel terrible about them. And of course I want them to forgive me. Um, So I will go through my process of an apology, think about what I did, how it affected them, and go back to them and and tell them or write them a message or whatever. If they are not in a place to receive that apology, if I feel like they've not heard me, I have to let it go. And it's very hard. But I think that's the point at which I say to myself, I say this to myself a lot, and it's very helpful. I often say to myself, it's not about me. At that point, it's no longer about me. I have done my part and they are on their own journey. If they can't hear me right now, it's not because of me. It's because they need to grow as a person or they are so upset, they need to calm down or I've hurt them very badly and they need to heal, they need to be angry for a while, or they need to be sad for a while. Um, And I think when we respect each other enough to say, it's not all about me, um, then we actually can live just in better harmony with each other. We can have real compassion for each other's journey. Um, And it just makes life easier. But it makes this whole concept of knowing that we are enough a whole lot easier as well. When someone says something to you that is offensive or breaks you down in some way, you can remember, oh, that wasn't about me. That thing that that person just said reveals something about them and their journey. Maybe they're lacking in maturity. Maybe they're a little clueless. Um, They might not have meant that thing, but it's really not about me. So I can let it go, and it hasn't affected my self-worth and my psyche in any way. And as I say, this is something I say to myself so frequently, and it has helped a huge amount in my relationships with my children. My children are brutally honest. (laughs) They will say things that are sometimes hurtful but I have to remember it's not about me 
It's about what they're discovering. They're testing their boundaries. They're teenagers. This is the process they have to go through. Um, and I can get over it. It's helped in my relationship with my husband, with my work colleagues. Um, yes, I wish I had known this one phrase when I was in my teens because it would have saved me a whole lot of heartache and pain. I think lots of people needs to need to know this that mm -hmm. most of the time this is the same also when someone is body shaming you. It's mm -hmm. it's not about you. This person has a problem with, with himself or herself. So Absolutely. it's 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 your game. So mm -hmm. it's not my, my fault that you feel like this. And I think lots of people need to realize it a bit more because mm -hmm. it also helps you to be in a zen <laughs> place Absolutely. it's it's not really about me and also with dating very interesting i usually i don't have very nice relationships <laughs> and at one point even if i'm just looking back and i see that what kind of what kind of struggles i was up to <laughs> i always realize that oh yeah that person had way too much problem with himself than with me yes and uh, it's not nice to say like this but yeah. <laughs> but but that's the thing is, you know, everybody is on a journey. And even the people that are closest to us, my husband um, is on his own journey. And if he reacts to something that I said completely out of proportion to what I said, I know it wasn't about me. In that situation, it was about his journey, his past, what's defined him as a person, or just the fact that he didn't sleep enough last night, or his blood sugar is low, or whatever. In that situation, I can look at what did I do, I can take responsibility for what I did, and beyond that, it really wasn't about me. <laughs> I just wanted to ask a bit about also your kids mm -hmm. because uh, I think this uh, situation of like alcoholism and, and forgiveness it's, it's really a topic between parents and, and mm -hmm. children because let's be honest sometimes parents are making some mistakes mm -hmm. and it's coming of completely different for the kid mm -hmm. and uh, and then it just stops with us mm -hmm. and I think for my parents, it's very difficult to, to own if they mm -hmm. did something mm -hmm. wrong and we usually not talking about it. Mm -hmm. And lately I, I started to, if I feel that I'm getting a bit agitated and I'm, I'm getting a bit annoyed at home and then I see that, for example, my mom is getting angry at me because I'm just so angry in general, <laughs> I'm able to explain that, no, I'm, I'm not mad at you, I'm just frustrated. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just mm -hmm. I just don't have a good day today. I'm just very nervous. I'm, it's not. You didn't do anything. Yes. But I think it's a long way to to, to do. It's mm -hmm. A long way to go. How to communicate it with parents? Because most of the time, I think parents and children, like in between the family, even with siblings, it's a very difficult stage to arrive Absolutely. where you can own that you hurt me and I can forgive you. And it's mm -hmm. not just yeah, I saw it. Yeah, whatever. Yes. I just write up on the list, you <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I think that's a really, really important point. And, um, you know, I grew up in South Africa, um, and I don't think it would ever even have crossed my parents' minds to apologize when they hurt us, when they did something wrong. Um, because their parents never apologized to them. 
Um, they certainly expected us to own our mistakes, but adults and children were not equal. Um, and we have been a little revolutionary with our children, and we apologize frequently. Um, when I see that I hurt my children, I will go back and say, I saw that that thing I did really pushed your buttons. Um, I didn't mean to. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about why it pushed your buttons. My daughters will often say to me, um, I don't feel like you think I can do something well enough. Um, for example, in the kitchen. And it makes me feel like I'm not going to be good enough. And that's very hard to hear as a mother, but I have to hear it and I have to own it. I have to go back and say, wow, that is the last message I want you to hear from me. I'm very sorry. Let's start again. Um, I think as a parent, we cannot go wrong by apologizing often because we make mistakes. We really, really make mistakes. And the thing is that our children internalize so many messages about themselves from the littlest things that we do. And something that I do with my children that I didn't have an example of this, but it's just grown into a habit in our family, is if I could see that they are just frustrated, angry, upset, unhappy, um, I will take them on their own once they're calm and we will talk and I will say to them, what needs of yours are not being met right now? Let's talk about it. I'm here. I want to meet your needs, but I'm not going to get it all right. I'm not perfect. And there's a lot of you. <laughs> um, so let's talk about it. And I think just having someone ask that question, even if I never get it right, they know I want to. They know I'm there for them. They know I'm going to show up and I'm going to say, I want to meet your needs, um, but I'm not going to get it right. Help me. Tell me what you need from me. Um, and those have been some of the most healing conversations I've had with, especially my daughters. Um, I recommend that all parents try it. <laughs> I really do, because I wish... I wish that I'd had those conversations with my parents. Um, I think we could try it with each other. You know, I think we can try it in all relationships. It's, it's a good place to start. <laughs> okay, guys. So we are like to the end of our podcast. I would like to say a big thank you, Leonie. You're very welcome. I think uh, it was, again, a very interesting topic. And thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Bye, guys.